Sports of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, WGLS-FM Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Happy Monday, everyone, or is it really a happy Monday? The Philadelphia Eagles were defeated in Super Bowl 57, 38-35 by the Kansas City Chiefs. Just stating the elephant in the room, I'm your host for today's show, Danny Ryan, alongside my broadcast partners, Josh Counts, Justin Locke, and Sam Prince, as we dive right into our Super Bowl debrief here on this Monday edition of Offsides. It's a, it's a bit heartbreaking today, fellas. It is, but um, we're going to hop right into it and discuss what was Super Bowl 57, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And it was really a great matchup if you weren't a fan of either team. Um, obviously, if you were a Chiefs fan, you had a great night. But if, even if you were just an unbiased fan or a Giants fan, I know we have, what, a Giants fan in here and a Colts fan as well. So you guys obviously were treated to a nice game last night. And then for Sam, he was able to see the Philadelphia Eagles lose. I know Josh has a vendetta against the Eagles as well. That he I don't to, have a vendetta. Don't say that. that don't do that. Address. So <laughs> don't do that. We're going to hop right into it and just discuss what was, like I said, Super Bowl 57, a 38-35 to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, who really did not look like he was going to stay in the game after a hit to his ankle before halftime, had a terrible reaction on his face, looked like he – might have come out of halftime a much worse quarterback, but that's the exact opposite of what happened. He went 9-for-9 nine nine on his first nine passes out of halftime and was just in go mode. Seventh-round pick Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers also ran for 15 carries, 76 yards. You can't allow that to happen in a Super Bowl game where your strength is the defensive line and really the trenches on both sides. Travis Kelsey did his thing. Six receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven receptions for 53, but no, <clears throat> pardon me, most famously known for the holding call in the final minute of the game. And then we'll get into the Philadelphia Eagles side of things. Jalen Hurts played out of his mind. He had three rushing touchdowns on 70 yards through 15 carries, 27 for 38 in the passing game for 304 yards and one passing touchdown. Justin, I'll start with you, man-to-man. It's rough. You know, we're, we're hurting a little bit today. It's going to be a tough time really trying to uh, get over this. But what are your what's your initial reaction following the Philadelphia Eagles loss? Holding call was holding. I think that they didn't really call a lot of those tic-tac plays throughout the game. I think there was one earlier in the game where it was on – it might have been on Brad. It was – Juju got uh, pulled on a third down early in the first half, and they didn't call it. So to call that one at the end – it really would have gave us a possession back. We would have got a drive out of it. Could have probably tied the game. But I don't think we would have won the game all just because of that holding call. I think, being unbiased, I think the Chiefs absolutely killed us in the second half. I mean, we said Gannon needs to pack his bags. He absolutely did not do what he needed to do coming out as Mahomes. Yes, he was hurt, a little more hurt in that first half. But second half, I mean, Kadarius Tony was going off. I mean, he got a free run on a on a punt return and thought he was down, but he just broke three, four tackles and just goes to the other side of the field and he gets a free touchdown after they, they audible switched it up and it was more once they, once we lost the lead, I was disappointed at that point. I wasn't thinking that we had it until we lost like when when we were up ten at half, I'm like, okay, but it's it's Patrick Mahomes. It's not a team where you can just take your foot off the gas. You have to always Keep going, keep going, and 
We did not do that last night. No, they did not. The second half was a rough one for the Philadelphia Eagles. As Justin mentioned, a 10-point lead at halftime, but there was always that thought in every Eagles fan's head. It's Patrick Mahomes, no matter how, no matter how hurt he is. I mean, he's still Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to make those type of plays. Not one single sack on Patrick Mahomes last night. That's what truly killed the Philadelphia Eagles. I talked about it all week long leading up to the Super Bowl. I talked about it on our podcast, Big Apple on Broad, that the trenches were going to have to show up for the Philadelphia Eagles on both sides. And they really did on the offensive side, but they did not on the defensive side. The defensive line combined, like I mentioned, for a grand total of zero sacks on the night. This is the team that had a chance with just two sacks, two extra sacks on the season to tie the 1984 Bears for the most in a single season. Two extra games for the Eagles, obviously. But, Josh, I'll finally give you the floor. Um, I know you want to address some stuff, and please be kind. As You know, hey, Philadelphia Eagles proved they deserve to be on that stage. They proved that they overall could go toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But take it away, Josh. Nah, uh, they definitely deserve to be on that field. Jalen Hurts balled out. He played out of his mind. 27 to 38, 304 yards, well-deserving of his contract. We'll probably most likely talk about that a little bit later. But the Philadelphia Eagles definitely deserve to be on this field, prove that they are definitely one of the best teams in the NFC. But they went up against greatness. And and I I, I hate to bring this up, but y'all didn't play. And during the regular season, y'all didn't really play anybody that was like the Kansas City Chiefs or on their level. You could probably say Dallas. But that was without y'all lost them without Hurts. That was that uh, December twenty fourth Christmas Eve game. And then when it came to San Francisco, who many I myself even picked the loose, they will beat y'all. They lost every single quarterback they had, and literally in one quarter. Yeah, but who knocked them out of the game? Yo, no, yo, y'all, y'all did. But again, like y'all didn't have. There was no test. It was like we didn't we didn't really see what happens when push like what, what happens when somebody punches you right back in the face. And Kansas City did that. And don't get me wrong, you responded back, but you dis you didn't respond enough where. They didn't like your deep. You mentioned defense. Hassan Reddick arguably could have been defensive player of the year. He he had over 11 sacks this season. The defense in total had over any of the defensive plays in total had over 11 sacks. You want to know that actual total for Hassan Reddick? I mean, it was over 11. You're right. What was it? 16 and a half. Woo! He was playing out of his mind. Out of his mind this season. He couldn't touch Patrick Mahomes at all. That could probably be because of the, the turf. The turf was all was very messy. Everybody illuminated that. But the defense didn't touch nobody. The running game for the Philadelphia Eagles was so-so, but you had Jalen Hurts really just running the ball. That can't that's not, that can't be your only off running. That can't be your only running back in the game. Miles Sanders won't be back. Yeah, Miles Sanders won't be back. Kenneth Gan- Kenneth Gan- Ganwell didn't really put up enough yards. Yeah. I mean, like it. The offensive line played lights out for Jalen Hurts. Like outside that one turnover with the fumble, they played lights out. He didn't he didn't really get touched. And that was on Jalen too. Yeah, that was I mean, on Jalen. Yeah, that was on Jalen. It is just that. It's sad that your season had to come to an end like this on a very questionable call, which I don't don't think it is questionable. I think it was holding. I saw the replay almost a dozen times. He Ganwell, uh, not Ganwell, uh, help me, Bradbury. Bradbury grabbed him twice, so that, this a hold. But this illuminates that when they were down 10, I saw Patrick Holmes. This was my final point, too. When they were down 10 and Patrick Holmes went down, I, was lit, I gasped for air because I'm thinking, oh, this is it. This is their season. He looked truly hurt. I mean, the the facial expressions he was making, I, I thought it was not going to be, 
I don't know. Like I said, you, you can't rule Patrick Mahomes out at any point, but at the same time, it's tough for somebody to go through that and do what he did in the second half. Yeah, and I and, and I said this in our group chat. It felt like Thor, like Thor and Infinity War, and the Marvel's Infinity War. When Thor came down to Wakanda with the with the axe hammer with the Stormbreaker, that's what Patrick Mahomes felt like in the in the second half. Like it was over after that. He came out, played his behind off, hit touchdown pass after touchdown pass. Y'all couldn't guard Chelsea, uh, Kelsey to save y'all life. Who can though? Like no, no I, one. I, yeah. I think no one. But uh, I think maybe if you played zone, they played a lot of man to me. They, it seemed like they played a lot of man to man. And that, my friend, is the beauty of Jonathan Gannon. No adjustments. Don't yeah. adjust. Run a. Four, That's another point. No adjustments in the second half. Run a four-man defensive line. Why not? When you've been running a five all season, that makes sense, right? So I don't know. I mean, it's just it, it's a tough loss, and you know, Gannon was good against the teams he was supposed to be good against, but. This was one, you know, this one was for all the marbles. They don't call mm-hmm. it the big game for nothing, and so he didn't show up when it truly mattered. I do want to acknowledge we have a new man in the building, Nick Carlson, joining us live from Wilmington, Delaware. He's on the Zoom, and Sam, don't worry, I'm pivoting it to you. But uh, Nick, Nick will be with us just momentarily with his hottest takes about Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Sam, as a New York Giants fan, I know you've been waiting for this moment, but um, let's be realistic. Uh, here. Be, okay, let me be realistic, Danny. That was. A top three Super Bowl I have ever witnessed. Whether you like the out, you Eagles fans like the outcome or not. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that was a holding call at the end. Let's be real. Come on. And I don't think Justin and I are really even disagreeing with that. I know Justin said it shouldn't have been called because of that point in the game, but it wasn't. It should have been called because it, if they didn't call it, what would be the story of today? They they missed the they missed the missed bat. The call. They missed the, eight, yeah. they missed there were the people who thought call. it was a call. And I'm fine with them calling that because at the end of the day, they had thousands of chances, not thousands, but you, you, at least a, a handful of chances to really there were win that game and just play better defense. The secondary flat out got exposed this week, and that's why I honestly that, that's the one painful part about that too because the 149er statement, I think it was from. Some I might have been Brandon Ayuk actually, and he said that the uh, Eagles secondary was going to get exposed against the Chiefs, and they did. And that's the one thing they were right about on their crybaby tour. But continue soon. <laughs> you have so long, and I all all night long, all day long, I've been hearing Eagles fans saying the call cost us the Super Bowl. That call, it was the refs won the Super Bowl. Sore losers, but yeah. But guess what? You know who else lost the Super Bowl? Your defense in the second half. Yep. And also, how do you lose to one-legged Patrick Mahomes? Mm. One-legged. Dude, don't even try also, to make that argument. Also, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is the hold on, best hold on, hold on. Let me player in all of football. Let me address that real quick, though, the first part. You could play half a body Patrick Mahomes, and you probably could still have a chance at losing against yeah. him. I mean, it's, I, it's just who he is, man. I have said all week long. That if Mahomes wins, I will wear something the next day. And you best be know I wore my Mahomes shirt mm. the day after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I wore it. Nick Carlson, I know you're on that Zoom. Mm-hmm. I know. I showed it to you before. You loved it. All right. So uh, I'll be letting Danny Dimes know how you're uh, cheating on him right now. It's okay. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> your, your franchise cue. All right. Oh, yeah. Without further ado, let's bring in the man live from Wilmington, Delaware, who's been waiting all day to really just rip the Philadelphia Eagles. He has a weird obsession with them. Nick Carlson, how you doing, man? Mr. Ryan, it's Victory Monday today. How are you not excited? Very funny. Say your piece. Come on. 
I, I think Sam is ripping the Eagles a little more than, than I was going to. I, I think Jalen Hurts, I've been on him all season long. I think Jalen Hurts played very well. I think that, yeah, he had three QB sneaks, and that offensive line, you can make the argument, is one of the best offensive lines I've ever seen probably in the past decade or so. I mean, they, they kind of just control that whole offense, and the weapons that Jalen Hurts has, you got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith as well, all of them kind of showed out to play. It was just I mean, did Hassan Reddick even play? Uh, defensively, I, I was waiting for somebody to do something. Bradbury, you got so many of these other guys. The D-line, Debo said it perfectly. When the, when the front is kind of going, it kind of gets foreshadowed or at least shadowed because that secondary is not that good. And we saw that on full effect. We saw Mahomes kind of take advantage of it. Mahomes threw one incomplete pass in the second half. He scored on every one of his drives. The Eagles' defense, it just wasn't that good. And – you haven't really played anyone good all season, at, at least defensively-wise. You haven't played a lot of good quarterbacks. And we I saw it that. again. I, I wrote in my that. I wrote in my big paragraph to you, it's just going to be tough with free agency. You're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts $50 million. Kelsey might retire. You're going to lose some offensive linemen. And defensively, you're going to take a hit, too. So you have to have a big offseason if you're Howie. Howie will have a big offseason. Let me, let me actually give credit where credit's deserved to the Philadelphia Eagles. Here, I want to have people to offer what Nick said. Jalen Hurts had the best game of his life last night. Should have been MVP, probably. I, I, you can make an argument I, he yeah, was the MVP. I think MVP. he should have been Super Bowl MVP. He, he would have been, especially because the defense disappeared. The only argument that kind of wouldn't been for Jalen Hurts to get Super Bowl MVP if they won was if Hassan Reddick got like five sacks or Josh Sweat, you know, was just absolutely destroying the game in the tackle game and the, the sack game, but he I wasn't. Mean, it's hard to argue was. with 300 yards, man. Can we just talk about that field? I'm not going to, like, play the game over here. Like, oh. Oh, 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 no, that was, that was why, bad. That was bad. That's that why bad. we lost the game. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that because no, it was the no. same field for both teams. But no, it was, it was, it was god-awful, and I just saw – I caught a clip before I came into the studio of that. It was uh, Hassan Reddick and um, I think it might have been Clock, uh, Fletcher Clock, Cox, too. Both like, Hassan Reddick, like, he was on a skating rink. I saw a video of Jake Elliott, too, going up for a kickoff, and he literally slipped so badly on the turf that he almost Rolled gave himself ankle. a high ankle sprain. Honestly, it was bad. Right. How do you spend $800,000 in the production of that field? And it's I, grass, and it's still that bad. I, I mean, think it's too much paint, too. I think they put too much paint on there. It was a beautiful field. It was, but <laughs> it's one of those where it's like, don't judge a book by its cover in that, at that point. I mean, it was it was really bad. No, you, they have saw, to— you saw Pacheco too on his celebration in the end zone. Literally slipped before hitting his celebration. Yeah, like, it was it was rough. Like even the the most subtle of moves. Everybody but, said that field was bad. Like that you can't have that for the next Super Bowl. That field has got to get fixed. Yeah, Arizona's got to take care of that. Did you guys see that the that Jalen Hurts changed his cleats from the first quarter? Oh, the second I'm, quarter. Spe- speaking of that, Sam, did you see yeah. it? They showed a picture on during uh, during I want to say the third quarter. It was the Eagles sideline, and it was all these cleats on, like, just yeah, this cart. I was like, bro, they got to fix that field. So this yeah. brings a question to mind. Like, do NFL players carry around different bags, different cleats in case something oh, like 100%. that happens? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. like the basketball players. Do, but apparently Kansas City wasn't really changing the entire game, which was kind of shocking for me to see. And uh, Nick Carlson, you can leave the facial expressions in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, but overall, I just want to wrap up our Super Bowl 57 discussion and just talk about the factors. You know, we, we've talked about a few already. The field, uh, obviously the holding call at the end, but the Philadelphia Eagles didn't play great defense that entire second half. First half was a different story, but, you know, it, it's just you, you don't want a ball game like that. There were no adjustments made like we've talked about with Jonathan Gannon. Hopefully he gets that job in Arizona and is stuck with Kyler Call of Duty Murray, but... 
Ah. I don't. I mean, we'll see how it all ends up. But I just do want to talk about. You know, I mentioned the offensive coordinator, or pardon me, the defensive coordinator that could be a head coach. Well, now we have to talk about an all-time head coach in Andy Reid. He has won his second NFL championship with the Kansas City Chiefs. He went to one with the Philadelphia Eagles. He now really his resume has grown a lot since he uh, left Philadelphia, and it's time to, I believe at least, consider him as one of the top head coaches of all time. I think that he entered himself from that conversation, not the top, because we know who that is. It's Bill Belichick day in and day out. But where would you guys rank Bill Bel or pardon me, Andy Reid on your all time head coaching list in the NFL? Uh oh, who wants to go first? Anyone can take uh, it away. Right. I got him I think I got him second. Uh behind Belichick. The I know a lot of people probably put like the older school coaches, mm -hmm. uh, like Landry and uh, many others. But to me, I would say Andy Reid is second all time. He's not going to catch Bill. Well, actually, I take that. He might try to catch Bill. Not that he has Patrick Mahomes. It, we'll probably have to talk about that another time, or even later today. But in terms of his legacy status, but he he could. Uh, but he's got what Andy Reid's been to three Super Bowls. He's got two. I will say, yeah, it. He's second all time. Um, he's second all time to me. And then he's got what the most winnings, winnings, winnings in a playoffs. Not he, quite sure. I mean, he broke a record. I remember him talking about. They said he just broke a record. He he now has ten play. He he is okay. Think about it. he's he's won been to two Super Bowls with two two teams. That's so crazy. I have his career stats right here too. He's two sixty nine and one fifty four with one tie. Uh oh, and it is a regular season two forty seven one thirty eight. So I mean, when you look at Andy Reid, I think it, it's an argument. He I think it's not argument. I think he is second all time. What do you guys think over there in your uh, separated bubble? <laughs> I think he's been a top five coach. I, I think t this season, I would say he's, if he's not top three, top two. I mean, you could say he's one, but Belichick obviously has, was very dominant. Of course, Brady was there for a while. But I think Reed has shown us with two different franchises that he's better than Belichick because since Brady has checked out, we haven't seen the same success at all. I mean, of course, they have Mac Jones. We talked about this call podcast a while ago. But, again, I don't – I think that Andy Reid – there's been some circumstances in the last five years as one year D. Ford steps off sides. If that doesn't happen, they probably go to the Super Bowl that year against the Rams. They would have took the Rams. And then last year against the Bengals, they were – they choked that lead. If they didn't choke that lead, they would have been the Super Bowl again. You would have had five straight Super Bowl appearances from the Chiefs. Could have had three or four Super Bowls instead of two. And and even with the with the Eagles, he was doing very well and doing what he had to do. So, and, and like right now, I think he's fifth in uh, regular season wins with 247. And Don Shula and George Hollis are up there, and Tom Landry. It's only like three wins, so he'll pass Landry next season. And then Belichick is with 298. So I wouldn't be mad if somebody told me that Reed is top three, but I I think he has an argument for number one. All right, we're going to wrap things up real quick with our Super Bowl 57 discussion. Nick, I know you have a few more minutes, right? How, how much longer can we hold you for? Probably about 5.30 or so. I gotta have Okay, we're going to head to break real quick, and then we'll come back, continue to talk a little bit about the NFL, and wrap up our Super Bowl 57 discussion right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.
Can't get enough of the oldies? Join me, Greg May. And me, Matty K. Every Saturday from 8 p.m. till midnight as we explore the top songs on the Billboard Hot 100 charts of yesteryear. You'll hear everything from the Bee Gees to the King of Rock and Roll, Chairman of the Board, and more. Each week features a special theme hour that'll have you rockin' and rollin' all night long. It's Saturday Night at the Oldies, every Saturday at 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLSFM. You're tuned in to our weekly live professional sports talk show, Offsides, right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. I'm your Monday host, Danny Ryan, Rowan Radio Sports Director, and I'm telling you that you need to wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Bird Special every weekday starting at 7 a.m. Our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways plus news, weather, traffic, and of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7. WGLS-FM also online at rowanradio.com. Briefly, we only have Nick Carlson for another five minutes or so, so I want to pick his brain on where Andy Reid ranks in his all-time head coaching list. Gets his second Super Bowl championship last night. Patrick Mahomes also got his second, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, can't speak today, second NFL MVP award. And really just a monumental season for the Chiefs, which was considered to a lot to be a retooling year for the Chiefs with the AFC West looking how it was. Nick, what are your thoughts on where Andy Reid ranks up? It's weird because Reid is and Belichick, they're, they're two totally different I don't want to say positions, but, like, they kind of look at different things. Belichick is defensive. Andy Reid's offensive. You also have Mahomes and Brady, two different types of players at the quarterback position in general. I, I You could make the argument that he's one. I think he's going to sit at around two or three. I, I think you could look at other guys like Shula, like Landry. I think if Kyle Shanahan had more Super Bowls, he'd be up there as well. Kyle Shanahan was able to do so many different things with broken quarterbacks over the past couple of years. He could be someone as well. But Reid and Mahomes – Kelsey Hill have all been involved as well. And it's tough because Reed, I think that there was rumors that he was going to retire, I think, at least going into yesterday. And why really would you retire? I know that you probably want to go out with your wife, your kids, kind of live your life, but mm -hmm. Mahomes is only 27. Kelsey's 32, I think. You yeah, probably got another maybe 33. You probably got four or five more good years out of them. Mahomes is going to go as far as his body's going to take him. He could play at least 40. So. You got another opportunity at a bunch more Super Bowls. You got an opportunity at much more championships. Justin talked about it. If D4 doesn't go off sides, you could have another uh, Super Bowl opportunity. Even against the Buccaneers, if the offensive line wasn't hurt, you could have had another one. Mahomes could have five straight. So it's definitely Andy Reid's going to be among there. I think he's one of the most genius play callers offensively, but I still don't think that Bill stands alone specifically since he's got, what has he got, seven or eight Super Bowl rings so far? Uh, Bill does. Was it seven, right? For Bill, okay, I, I think so. I think um, Reed's only Bill got two. So. No, Bill has uh six, six, yeah, because okay. Brady got seven. Yeah, Brady has the seven. He got that in Tampa. That's right. 
Um, no, yeah, I think I have to agree with you, Nick. You can't even make the argument in my eyes for Bill Belichick at number two. I think Andy Reid can stack at number two just by himself if he wants. But Bill Belichick, what he was able to do with Tom Brady throughout all those years, he has to stay in a tier of his own. And, you know, Reid can be right there at number two. I wouldn't even say he's 1B, just right there at number two. Because um, at the end of the day, he only has two championships, and you're, it's a toss ass to match what Bill Belichick did. He really was fortunate to get that quarterback play, and uh, yeah, great, great career for Bill Belichick, head coach of the New England Patriots. I want to move on and stick on the NFL, however, and talk about some rumors from around the league. As I know, Nick Carlson has to head into the Chase Fieldhouse. You can hear Blue Coats basketball right here on RowanRadio.com at Channel 2. He'll be doing timeout coordinator tonight, so not on the broadcast, but... Uh, you can hear our broadcasters tonight right here on RoanRadio.com channel 2. Tip-off starting at 7 p.m. Fellas, I want to talk about quarterbacks today. I want to talk about a few quarterbacks. I think I've put down four here that I have in mind that probably have the most, uh, you know, rumor-friendly, uh, I guess you could say names, or not rumor-friendly, but their names have been in a lot of discussions as far as trading for them, signing them through uh, a team, waving them in the case for Derek Carr. And so I want to start with, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. It came out over the weekend, actually yesterday, before the Super Bowl. There's a few stories, but it came out that Aaron Rodgers uh, had been getting interest, obviously, from the Jets, and they officially reached out to try to acquire him in a trade to see what the price would be. Things are starting to heat up, it looks like, for Aaron Rodgers to New York and uh, that nice receiving core with the Jets. Justin, what are your thoughts on a possibility of Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets? And if you don't see him going there, I mean, where do you see him ending up, Las Vegas? I was going to say Las Vegas because Devontae, of course, is there. and I I think the Jets are a possibility. I don't think it's 50-50 to go to the Jets. I think, obviously, after his little four-day trip, you want to call it, I do think he'll make a decision. Darkness retreat. Yeah, darkness retreat. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's going to go to a, a contender. I think he's going to try to build with a team that's, like, in the middle and try to – so the Raiders could be one of them. Obviously, they didn't have a great year. But if he goes to the Jets, it would be good to kind of maybe teach some more things to Zach Wilson. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, if not, then the Jets are going to have Mike White and Wilson again, which we saw what happened this year. But I would say if I had to choose right today, I would say Raiders. Sam, what are your thoughts? Where do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to end up by the end of the offseason? Is it across town to the uh, other division or, it, pardon me, other conference rivals? Or is gonna it going to be, be Las Vegas? The Las Vegas Raiders. You think so? Because why? Okay. They do Green Bay in Las Vegas. Do they make it happen? I'm going to say why it makes. He wants to play with Devontae Adams. Great point, but there. But why would Aaron Rodgers want to train young wide receivers? If he wanted to do that. There's not a bunch of training that's going on there, though. Why Why wouldn't he just have Christian Watson, who's a stud right now? And he doesn't seem like a guy who wants to be in the big media market, too. Yeah, but you could make the argument that Christian Watson needs to be trained as well. I mean, yeah, he showed a few good... Uh, games obviously he he sped it up towards the end. But of the year you also you also f- figure for him like I could also say there's a very strong possibility of him re- just flat retiring. You think so? No, nah, he ain't retiring. I don't think I don't think that's a possibility. He, honestly, he's a guy who'd just be okay with if he left sixty million dollars on the table. He. <sighs> In I, all I people, so. he would nah, be the guy. I mean, he would the, make the, you know, you can make the argument that he would make a decision like that. I get it. But he's just not, t- it's not ready for him to retire because yet. Because especially time. if he retires, what's his narrative, what's the story going to be? 
He only got one. Yeah, he only he got one. There's always going to be that narrative. There's always going to be some with, narrative. With not him. with him. Not with him when he literally looked at as the best quarterback in the league. Well, Sam, Besides Patrick Mahomes. Sam makes a decent point, though, at the same time, because why is he going on this darkness retreat? He obviously is considering a huge life decision, and he wants to make sure he gets it right, whether it be retire or stay in league and move towns, move cities. So, you know, honestly, to your point, Sam, I don't think there's a lot of training that has to go on with Garrett Wilson. I mean, he just won Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm about to say, Garrett Wilson's a baller. Elijah Moore, we know what he can be when he has the right quarterback under the helm. And so, Also, Ryder's also from the West Coast, and he loves the West Coast. Why would he want to move to the East Coast? Would he move closer to the West Coast? What's the better team right now? That's the question. The Jets are the far The Jets or the Raiders? The Jets. The The Jets. Jets. The, while the go. Raiders have a decent offense, their defense does not match up with the Jets. There you, a little there's bit. your answer but right there. It's the, it's the why Jets. You, I can make two. If you go to the Jets, you're going to have to play Josh Allen twice a year, and then you're going to have to play Tua twice a year. Josh Allen was the most knocked out by Skylar Thompson in the Dolphins. And I still and believe they got their butts whooped by I know, Cincinnati. I mean, Josh Allen's not a scrub. No one's saying that. Yeah, but Josh Allen, Josh, he is but he, a And then, and then if you go to the AFC West. He's not West, looking good in terms of those quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah, he's a work in progress. If you go to the, the AFC West, you have to deal with Justin Herbert and the man, the myth, and legend himself. So it's basically pick your poison because yeah. if you look at AFC West, you just said it, Justin Herbert I and Patrick Mahomes. I think the true potential of the AFC West could be unlocked with a good Broncos team, and that's scary. And yeah. and uh, let's not forget, we don't know that we don't know what Russell Wilson can, and Sean Payton can bring to the exactly. table come fall. And so, so, like, all the expectations coming into this season about the AFC West might be met next year if all, like, the Raiders, obviously, too, they had a disappointing season. If they yep. can get the right quarterback with Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the league, arguably. They could get Jimmy G for all we know. But yeah. in terms of me, my, I think the, the answer is the Jets because the Jets are the most loaded roster. Mm-hmm. They got the running game. They got the defense. They got receivers. Mm-hmm. So – that's my that's there's my answer right there. Garrett Wilson, you just mentioned him, offensive rookie of the year. He's a baller. They have Tyler Co- Coughlin, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. They have ballers. Yeah, they can make it work. And obviously, and that defense what, is lethal. We saw what Brees Hall was doing before he went down. Obviously, and so they still have James Robinson over there. I don't even know what he can be at this point. Maybe if, a third down back, but and, and they got a good running back too, and mm-hmm. Brees Hall. But yeah. if they if if Mike White was able to do what he was able to do with that team. Even Zach Wilson, to the degree, was able to do what he could. Imagine they got Aaron Rodgers, mm. what they could do. Yeah. Now, I mean, the only thing about Aaron Rodgers is he can't be playing these whole cryptic mind games with the New York oh, media because they will eat him alive. That's, what, that's f- what I'm saying. I mean, it would be it would be rough, it, especially if he disappointed, you know, two weeks, three weeks in a row. Man, he would not it be would having be that. Kyrie Irving 2.0. I wouldn't go as far to say that, but he would – Tread that line. He would he would get close to that line if he really had some bad weeks. Irving's a different beast, man. Irving is just he's on our tier. He's on a tier below Antonio Brown, but he's in a tier of his own as well. Um, it's hard to compare. Yeah, this is a Pat- this is a Aaron Rodgers that I just saw on Twitter right now, guys. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes has more rings in the first five seasons in Aaron Rodgers' 18-year career. Yeah, but you could say that about. A lot of people. I know. I just want to throw it out there about like, Rodgers yeah. Well, that's actually a shot knock a shot at Rodgers too, because it is. But that's that's not. And good. he's had some good Packers teams. Yeah, he has. I mean, but also, he's had chances to go to the Super Bowl. Past few years, obviously, it's been rough, but he has. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you can't really sh- sugarcoat that one. The proof is in the pudding. It's on the box scores and 
all the years that he disappointed. But I do want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Could end up a Las Vegas Raider. Could end up a New York Jet. Maybe he shocks the world and goes to San Francisco and uh, was that's really another just... team right there. See, that's the smartest move for him. Yeah, he maybe he shocks the world and goes there after he denied it uh, to the media, but we'll see. I do want to touch on some other quarterbacks just very briefly so we can get to our top five and then head on over to Pizza with the Pros. Let's talk Derek Carr. He demanded his release from the Las Vegas Raiders so he doesn't have to waive his no-trade clause. He's looking to avoid doing that at all costs. Where do you guys see Derek Carr ending up? I mean, there's been some rumors about the Jets, but more recently it's been heating up for the New Orleans Saints. We know they have Jameis Winston. I know he's, I believe, an impending free agent right now. But realistically, where do you think Derek Carr fits best? I'll start with you, Josh. Ooh. Oh, he could man. be an Indianapolis Colt. The, I, you know what's crazy? I'm thinking of saying that, too, because it might go there, especially now that we got the Eagles coordinator. Uh, how do you say his name? Shane? Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen. I don't even know how to say it. Is that, it. Is that finalized, by the way? It looks like it might be finalized. Like yeah, he's, I saw they were going to look at uh, He's in, like, in that final two pick. Okay. So, Shane, uh, Sp- Shane, how you say it again? <laughs> Shane Steichen. Steichen. Yeah. Okay. Shane, I, I was about to say Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen. It's probably most likely will be the next head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. So I don't know what type of quarterback he'll want. Maybe the Derek Carr. I hope not because I we talked about this. I'd rather you just go through the draft. Yeah, I think you just, guys just need to get a draft. Yeah, just go there. get a new quarterback. But uh, Derek Carr, I think probably best for the Saints. I, I think the Saints need to figure out their quarterback situation. That they need to be so bad. I, I I think they need to figure out now. Actually, a whole division needs to figure out a QB situation. Yeah, it's bad. So it's it, be he, very it, it, I will go with the Saints. They, they're the best team in the division. Sam, what do you think? I have to agree with Josh. I think one of his former coaches, coaches on the team, it makes all the sense of the world. You have a very easy division. Who is their toughest matchup? Uh, Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons. It'll probably be Desmond Ritter. <laughs> or Desmond Ritter. Give me a break, guys. If Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saints, that division is under wraps. It is the Saints. And I think, you know what? He's got some weapons, guys. Everyone forgets Michael Thomas is there. Oh. He got Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas can't stay on the field if he wanted to save his life to do that. I'm about to say, he does. He does. He does. Uh, he's always unhealthy, so that is a problem. He's made of glass, man. <laughs> I think it's a better situation for the Jets. I, don't, I wouldn't say no. No, no, no. I would, I, I would completely I, disagree with that, honestly. I, I have my prediction on who's going to the Jets. You think that the Saints would be a better – place for Derek Carr for him to win no the Jets are by far a better place they're going to the Saints are going to win the division the Saints have an unknown identity right now they have a very unknown identity the Jets are the best like I I get what you're saying Sam for him to win you're looking at the competition too I get it but you also got like okay let's say we get to the playoffs with the Saints who we got to go up against then Jalen Hurts the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, and possibly whatever teams Detroit Lions and, count them out. And and the New York Giants. And possibly the New York Giants if y'all get some weapons, because it's basically with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley with a with a bag of chips and cookies. All right, so you both go New Orleans Saints. I really have to disagree with that the division would be locked up if Derek Carr went to the Saints because it is a bad division, but those Saints they have potential, but everything would really just have to align up and, and go right for them to have that division unlocked. Justin, we'll wrap up with some Lamar Jackson talk, but briefly, where do you see Derek Carr ending up? I want to say the Titans. That sounds crazy, but Ooh, I think they're going to – they should drop Tannehill, I think. If they get in Derek Carr there, I mean, Derek Henry, healthy. They don't have the best receiver names on paper, but I think Derek Carr can do 
something with that team that they did lose seven in a row at the end of the year, and Jaguars went on a run. And I think really that division's not that – I mean, actually Jaguars did way better than expected this year as Trevor Lawrence looked phenomenal. But the Texans and the Colts, right, were not really good this year at all. I mean, 3-13, 4-12. And the Titans, if they didn't go on that seven-game skid, they would have made the playoffs. Like, And I do think Tannehill – He's supposed to make $36 million coming up. You could save $27 million if on with cap if you just cut him. So if they do that, I think you should take Derek Carr over Ryan Tannehill any day of the week. You know who I'd like to see on the Titans, honestly? And it's the guy we're going to talk about next, Lamar Jackson. Can you imagine Lamar Jackson on the Titans? They get another top receiver to replace the void of A.J. Brown and then a healthy Traylon Burks. And then you have, obviously, the workhorse, Derek Henry. And if he's not... Working that, that running day. game will be lethal. If he's not working that day, Lamar Jackson is going to be working that day, either through the passing game or through the running attack. And we know that the offensive coordinator over in Baltimore was kind of limiting his passing ability. It wasn't a pass-heavy offense. It was a run first with the, the tailback offense, and it didn't really work out for Lamar Jackson's game. So I do want to throw that out there before we quickly move on to our top five for today. It's going to be top five true championship contenders in the NBA following past Thursday's deadline at 3 p.m., but Lamar Jackson, pending free agent from the Baltimore Ravens. I know they made a few moves to try and get him to stay as far as the uh, coaching staff goes, but Justin, I'll start with you and go back around the opposite way. Where realistically, and I know I say the Titans because it would look so nice on paper, where realistically do you see him ending up? I mean, is the realest possible location back in Baltimore? I think that's realistically what will happen, but... Again, I'm going to go out of the box here. With Tua's injury report recently, wow. I would wow. I would put him over in Miami. I It sounds crazy, but again, I, I, I like to see big moves. And that would be, if I got that notification, I'd be just charged out. It would be surprising. But Can they pay him? That's the one I'm thinking about true. this. Which team can pay him? The thing is, though, like Miami for some reason, and it's obviously, you know, part of it comes into he was a top five pick in the draft class they took him in, but – they are attached to Tua. Like, they just want to make that pick work out for their organization because they took him so highly, even he was, though he was coming off that injury. Lefty quarterback, people had their doubts about him. I would love to see him in Miami, but I think – and Mike McDaniels loves Tua, too. Like, it's it's a they, interesting the, relationship over there. What were you going to say, Sam? The, I think Tua's fine in Miami, but the place where I see Lamar Jackson, if he leaves, the Detroit Lions – no. No way. The Detroit Lions. Jared Goff earned himself another Motor City. Jared Goff's too high of a cap. He got cap space. Just imagine that team with Lamar Jackson. Ooh. I mean. You have Jamison Williams and Amon St. Brown and Jamal Williams and a really good offensive line. And they could have had TJ Hawkinson if they didn't deal him, which is crazy. But, I mean, Jared Goff. You can't ignore the season he had. 65.1% of his passes were completed, 4,400 yards and change, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions with a passer rating just below 100 at 99.3. He was a pro bowler. I don't think that the Lions organization is going to look at that and say he hasn't earned himself another season, at least. It's outside the box, but Lamar Jackson, the Detroit Lions. All right, fair enough. Josh, wrap it up for us. Where do you see Lamar Jackson ending up realistically and – you know, if you truly believe it, you could say the Colts, but uh, all bias aside, who do you Nah, think? he ain't going to the Colts. <laughs> I think, honestly, he'll stay in Baltimore. They'll re- they'll find a way to figure it out. They got to resign him. 
Baltimore knows they got to resign him because if they want to compete, they know that the championship window is going to only close fast sooner and sooner because of what the AFC is looking like. To keep him, though, they've got to get a top-tier receiver, right? Yeah, that That's the hard part. So you got to either make a trade or you got to find somebody that you believe in in the free agency, but they got to pay him. And this is also the tricky part, too. Lamar Jackson, he deserves his money. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to say no, but he might also need to figure out, like, yo, I might need to reconstruct some stuff to, to, uh, to help get a new receiver. Can so it's always the tricky part. Arizona sends DeAndre Hopkins over to Baltimore. I was thinking the same thing. For a slew of draft picks. Oh, my I mean, gosh. at this point, and speaking of, and I, we just came off this crazy NBA draft, the way that AFC is, you might need to, to put all your chips on the table and say, like, I got to go get uh, me a top-tier receiver like a DeAndre Hopkins. They need to figure out their running back situation as well. They've had a lot of injuries there over the past few years, and I know they have people or guys they like in the backfield, but not really guys they can rely on when it comes down to the crunch time moments in the playoffs, fighting for whether it be you know uh, an advancement to the second round or for the AFC title. And they definitely can do that if they can get a top-tier receiver and retain Lamar Jackson. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I wanted to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, but I figured he was the most or the least exciting out of the four I put there. So Jimmy Garoppolo, I honestly would not be surprised to see him sign a one-year deal with the Niners just because of their uh, quarterback situation with the injuries and obviously the torn UCL from Brock Purdy and then Trey Lance, who knows what he'll be. But That's a, they got a huge quarterback situation. Yeah, there. I do want to move on, though, and just wrap things up before we head over to King Auditorium with our top five segment for today's show. Top five true championship contenders in the NBA following the NBA trade deadline. Oh, man. You know, I've been, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the order I've been going. I'll go back to reverse again. Josh. Take it away with your top five true championship contenders after that crazy deadline. All right, one and two, I got Milwaukee and Boston. Actually, Boston-Milwaukee. I'll put it like that. Boston-Milwaukee. Three, I'm going with uh, Denver. I still they got. The, I think they got the, one of the best benches in the league. They got Njokovic. You got Jokic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Murray's in balling. Aaron Gordon's in balling. Uh, four. Oh, this where it gets a little tricky. Four. Oh no, no, it's not tricky. Five is tricky for me. Four. Phoenix Suns. It's KD. It's okay. KD team. Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, and Chris Paul. Even though he's aging up, so I think he'll still be able to give you a. He'll still give you. He'll still be the point guard, not point guard. Point guard for KD. So that helps them out. As long as he plays good defense and can find KD, and there are, you know even I, Devin Booker when he's healthy. Yeah, I think Devin Booker and KD have gonna have no problem getting the ball, getting the ball because Chris Paul will find a way to find them. Five is the tricky part. I thought about this. Five, I think, is the L.A. Clippers. Okay. They they rank six, but they made a couple moves in the trade deadline, so I think they picked up Eric Gordon, so that helps them out. Yeah. The only thing they're really missing is a, a point guard because they got rid of Reggie Jackson. So now that leaves Russell Westbrook out there, and I'm not saying bring him in, but if you Tyloo could coach him. Mm-hmm. But I And also, if, the, if uh, Kawhi and Paul George stay healthy, which is the most impossible thing it feels like, even though they're healthy now, we'll see when we get to uh, May. But April and May. But if they can stay healthy, Clippers can knock off those bo- those top teams in the West. Did you see Nuggets uh, signed Reggie Jackson after the Clippers traded him and then he got bought out? Oh, yeah. Oh, so now he joins oh, I forgot the Nuggets. that. Yeah. <laughs> and he adds them, or he adds to their already polished depth. at. Uh, it's a lot position. of plays that's about to get bought out. Patrick Pepperly is about to get bought out soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? that now for Denver, it's Jamal Murray, and then you have Bones Highland, and then you have Reggie Jackson. And a bench is lit. Like, yeah. And it's crazy because they're not even on my list, which is nuts. <laughs> what? I, it took a you lot. You got sixes on your list. I knew you got them. Nope. Really? I don't have the sixes on my list either because they have not been encouraging as of late. Sam, take it away with your top five. 
Number five, I got the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Mm. Number four, the Milwaukee Bucks. Number three, the Denver Nuggets. Number two, the Boston Celtics. And number one, the Phoenix Suns. All right. I mean, you have a similar list to me. I don't hate it at all. Um, it's pretty. The only reason cutter. I didn't put the Mavericks on there because they don't play defense. Yeah, and they really don't have a lot of depth. But who knows? They could really outscore that a lot my, of teams. It could change in weeks. We got to see. Yeah, I mean, the buyout market's going to be interesting over the next few weeks. But Justin, what do you have for your top five? All right, at five, I got the Clippers. Um, Bone Thailand's actually on the Clippers now. He got traded. Oh, is he? Yeah, he got oh, traded yeah, for Bones. They got Bones. That's yeah. what happens when they make like six or seven deals at the deadline. I so, lose track. if he could be your point guard, I mean, that team, if healthy, they're contenders. I mean, every year we've said if Paul George, Kawhi are there, they're contenders. And mm-hmm. they did choke that one series lead in uh, 2020, but they, they've been hurt every, other, every year. So, four... I Phoenix Suns just because we haven't seen them yet. If if we've already seen KD for twenty games right now, we would be like, okay, mm-hmm. like he'd be higher because if they're healthy again, that team is scary. It's, it's Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, down the end. Three, because I have my top two is easy. Three, I might, I might go Dallas here. I don't know. I I really like the Kyrie and Luka backcourt. I know their defense isn't really that great so far. They lost to the Kings the other night, but I think if the chemistry comes like the chemistry comes together, I think it's going to be pretty hard to stop them. They have Christian Wood playing big for them. I I think they should have made another move, but they didn't. But I for some reason I trust Luka and Kyrie, even though Kyrie's had a lot of issues with the the media and everything. And then two are both Eastern Conference teams. I got the Bucks. And then I got the Celtics at one. Not a bad list at all. And thank you for the lock bomb right there. I forgot that Bones Highland got moved over to the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, so that not only uh, lowers the depth a little bit for the Nuggets, but they just picked up a new guy in Reggie Jackson to kind of fill that void. So we'll see how he does over in Denver. I'm going to take it away with my list and then close off today's show so we can get on over to Pizza with the Pros. But I'm going to start off with my honorable mention. And I figured I'll throw them in there because fully healthy – with consistent games together, developing chemistry, I think the Los Angeles Lakers could make a a long shot run at the championship if they can get out of the play-in tournament area. I think if they could get like a six seed, I think the five seed's unrealistic at this point, but who knows? The West has been very, very bad this year. If they can get it all together, they got a lot of great pieces at the deadline, so I'm not putting them in that threshold quite yet, but they're my honorable mention. I have to throw them there. Number five, I have the Clippers. I mean, we all know what their potential could be like if they're ever fully healthy. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are some of the best players in the league, not only defensively, but from beyond the arc and finishing at the rack. And so they made a lot of moves at the deadline, like Justin talked about and Josh talked about. So I think they truly could, you know, if healthy. And it could. It really goes down to consistency and playing a lot of games together and getting chemistry. Similar to the Lakers, they could make a run at it. Number four, I have the Dallas Mavericks. I think they'll be active in the buyout market. They definitely need to pick up some much-needed depth. But Kyrie and Luka, I mean, especially with Luka's facilitating ability, I think that they're going to be lethals. If Kyrie and Luka can get hot on the same night consistently, that duo is one of the top in the league. And then who knows? We might see Kyrie Irving in a Suns uniform next year. Apparently, he had interest in joining KD. Oh, over there. he has interest joining every team. Okay. Yeah, and you're just a salty Nets fan. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, he's been crazy over the past few. He years. also said he wants to go to the Lakers. Yeah, I mean that would have made sense too. His boy. Well, Bron. that could be next year too. 
So number three, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. You can't count Giannis Antetokounmpo out, and obviously Drew Holiday having a pretty decent season this year. Not better than James Harden, but I don't know. I guess the uh, NBA All-Star voters decide differently or think differently. So Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and the depth they have, I think that could truly, you know, comes down to it again if they stay healthy. Chris Middleton's been out for majority of the year, be a top championship contender. Number two, I have the Boston Celtics. Last year, the resume spoke for itself. They came up short against the Warriors, but they look even better this season uh, under Joe Mazzulla. And then number one, I have the team from Phoenix, Arizona, the Phoenix Suns. I think that if they can get it together, and, you know, it's funny how a lot of these teams have the it factor because it's all about, or pardon me, not it, the if factor. If they can get games together, if they can all stay healthy, if they can overall gain chemistry and just play together in unison as a team, you have some of the not only best facilitators on that team in the, in the game in Chris Paul, but also some of the best scorers in uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and then DeAndre Ayton. We know he can lock things up down low. I don't know why he doesn't want to be there, but uh, he's there for this year at least. Uh, I think it had something to do with his contract because they didn't want to pay him. Yeah. And I actually thought he was going to be moved I can't during believe... the trade deadline. But surprisingly, like they was able to keep them, keep yeah. him with, and bring KD and in. And Chris Paul too, which is crazy. Yeah, so that's like shout out the Suns GM. I don't know why he'd want to go to Indiana over staying in Phoenix, though. I'd take a pay cut just to stay in Phoenix and contend over I think he to wants Indiana. to be. A, I think he wants to be the centerpiece. That's oh. why. Because I mean, he's, he's not the centerpiece in Phoenix. But Tyrese Albert is emerging over in Indiana, though. I mean, he's looking pretty good all-star this I, it's season. It's similar to the Cat and uh, Anthony Edwards situation yep. in Minnesota. Like, who's the centerpiece? Is yeah. it Cat or is it going to be Ant? It's Ant. It should oh. be Ant, but they build around Cat. Yeah, and it it's really comes down to Cat can't play a lot of defense, and he really— I think with the way their team is currently structured, pardon me, structured, I think that he should be more of a stretch four with his three-point ability just soaring over the past few years. Uh, now that you have Gobert down there that can lock things up uh, at the five position. So it's an interesting list here for all of us. I mean, we all basically had the same teams. I did not have the Philadelphia 76ers in, though, Josh, just because, I mean, they don't have enough depth, frankly. They signed Dwayne Dedman today. Yay, whatever. Some people um, were, like, talking about, like, that's a good thing. I was like, We need I a backup center, it. and it's probably better than what we have, but it's it's definitely – you're, you're scraping at the barrel right there. But, uh, yeah, that's our top five list. Top five true championship contenders in the NBA following the NBA trade deadline. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this Monday edition of Offsides, Monday, February 13th. As always, you can listen to Offsides every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. live here on RowanRadio.com channel 2. For my broadcast partners for today's episode, Sam Prince, Justin Locke, and Josh Counts, I'm your host, Danny Ryan, signing off saying thank you all so much for tuning in, and have a great work week, everyone. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. <laughs>